0: welcome welcome in welcome oh, in
1: you, we don't say welcome in <laughs>
0: uh, um i'll start over hi <laughs> welcome aboard friends oh, that's so much better into this common shared space that we've created greetings <laughs> greetings you forgot a t oh it's because
1: i'm british
0: um, I'm gonna start the whole thing over. I think.
1: <laughs> welcome,
0: welcome, Oi, <Oy, laughs> Welcome in to Look a par- at my oh, bitch and Wait, moms. I did. I just said welcome in again. I didn't mean to. <laughs> um. <okay. Oi. laughs> acceptable <laughs> podcast, episode 227. art uh, 25. 225, I'm 225 Baton Rouge. I'm your host, Russell Crow. And joined with me as always is <laughs> I'm Django Crow. Crow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah! I'm Drinky Roman Crow.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that because it was such a setup for the things that are in our stack of books. That was so great. drinky Crow's um, British. Drinky Crow is not British. Well, maybe British, Drinky but was done awesome. by Tony Millionaire. <laughs> um, Tony Millionaire, who is in our stack. He and is a British, trip. British bird. Yeah. I before we get into this comic podcast where it's, we talk
1: about the new books podcast
0: about comics, podcasts about the people who run the comic shop, talk about the comics. You see him talk about the people who make the comics. I was like, Tony millionaire. I got to look up the extent of his work because I, as after reading that story that he did in, uh, Walesville this week, this would be a good conversation to save for when we actually talk about Walesville, but Oy, it's not how we do it here in Russell Croweville. Um, <laughs> but he, he, I looked at his Twitter and Every image on there for a long time is like, just got out of rehab, out of alcohol, like treatment, out of all this stuff, getting used to it again, catching up, taking off. (laughs) It's weird. And it's in every single thing. So I was like, well, I got to find a little bit more about this. So then I Googled Tony millionaire rehab. And I found this article from like, not super long ago, where he was just like, yeah you know i just i have to drink to make art so i at the evening time comes around i just get find a room alone and i start drinking and i'm good for six to eight hours um and he's like i can't do it without it and i was like that's an interesting order of operations to have just learned is now you're in rehab after you're you're out of it after learning that you needed it to make wow what a tony millionaire thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers
1: (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know if you can go back and fix this in post or not, but yeah. I, it's pronounced Twitter.
0: Twi-a. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only, <laughs> I only use Twitter to follow Maisie Williams social accounts right now. It's the only, I'm just there's the one follower and it's that. You're just
1: waiting to see if she turns into a bird and asks Horton to hatch her egg.
0: Oi. Horton. Get, get my crow out of rust. Russell, it's a comic podcast where every week we talk about all the comics that came into our shop. Three people who run a comic book shop. This week, we're going to be talking about a good old stack. Django, I think one of the reasons that you didn't get through quite as many as normal, and I also mm-hmm. think quite as many as normal, was the ones that I read were huge, Baddies. huge comics. Like, yep. Walesville is like 60-something pages. Heroes mm-hmm. Reborn, a lot of pages. I think the Good 90, ancient is
1: 90,000 pages, I think.
0: Yeah, so a lot of pages yeah. this week. Uh, heroes reborn number one walesville and rocks and minerals from bad idea star wars war of the bounty hunters alpha the good asian dead dogs bite don't tell me they don't and marjorie finnegan temporal criminal that's the stuff that i've got lined up but you know what we have this open invitation at any given moment for Roman to just start talking about whatever he wants. It's a beautiful thing. And to to hide that light under a bushel would be a shame. So we will not do that. And Roman- Sometimes
1: it's less light and more dark. And we do end up cutting it out for legal and moral reasons, though.
0: You know what it is? It's like a black light that shines a light and- Emphasizes all of the dried, the dried blood and cum on the world.
1: Where did all this albumin come from in my <laughs> this world? Is, this is
0: Roman vision. This is what happens when you let the headphones fall down in front of your eyes. You
2: guys know how many times you can stab a person before the <laughs> knife starts getting stuck in the sternum?
1: Depends on where you stab them. Well, listen, everybody, that seems like enough. Hey, does that,
0: does that uh. seem like a good ramp up to everybody? Does that seem like we we did a, a, good, a good? Episode
1: 225? Yeah, two twenty five Modesto, the clandestine beach. No way. Baton really? Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't right realize next we were... door to Modesto.
0: I didn't realize we were going overseas for this one into the French quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know where things are, you guys. <laughs> Baton Rouge?
1: Yeah. Is that in America? It's uh it's the yeah. It is. Okay. It's in Louisiana.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know where stuff is. For a while there I thought Denmark was a country and not a state. Really?
1: <laughs> I believe you.
0: It is a, a country. It's a state of mind, isn't it? Yeah. Delaware and Denmark, I get confused.
1: Baton Rouge <laughs> is the capital of Louisiana. So you I've knew moved that on. at some point.
0: Um I was crazy when they gave Louisiana independent country citizenship you know allowed it to be its own thing in
1: america finally admitted that it's it was just a banana republic with a zip code the whole time
0: and all of those boys with their polos and their ralph Lauren and their you know whatever it is that you just banana republic does whatever you know i haven't been to a banana republic store in so long django i'm glad that they finally took all those out of new orleans
1: yeah it's Go ahead, Roman.
0: That's why some polo shirts have the little
2: alligators on them because they are, have their origin, origi- origination in oh, Baton Rouge.
0: Wow. I didn't realize that the alligator was an allegory for the, the tribulations that the New Orleans people went through to open up all those banana republics.
1: <laughs> right, right. Like just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Alabama. Alabama,
0: but you have to take one of those airplanes with the pontoons on it to get from place to place. <laughs> it's an airplane boat (laughs) it's an airplane show that's why you're here
1: it's a pontoon cast
0: (laughs) we're doing pontoons now we're doing
1: pontoons did you guys watch the invincible pontoon
0: yes that was my probably my favorite comic pontoon adaptation i've ever seen (laughs) i've never seen a pontoon adapted from a comic that well jason aaron ed mcginnis Rillis, and matt wilson not steamrolling into a, on this show. I, <laughs> every like, single week, it's an expiration and how far we could go, right? <laughs> Set
1: it up. <laughs> it's a comic podcast. We're gonna read, yeah. Talk about it and, uh, you know, just dick and butt jokes the rest of the time. I don't know. I would go Maybe a different route. Yeah. Like music. You want to do a music podcast? And, oh, you know what? I got a bass guitar can? right here.
0: But really, though, I am going to try and transition us into a comic podcast now. Professionalism. I don't have it. Easy williams,
3: williams
0: <laughs> <laughs> heroes reborn number one jason aaron ed McGuinness, blade um <laughs> i gotta be honest folks i like an else world story but in the same way that like if you toss gods into a story in like the marvel universe i kind of go like Ugh. blade as well as a character that i'm just like i don't need i don't want vampires in my marvel universe i'm sorry but you that don't being have said, him in this. I know. But that being said, like I just see Blade, and it's enough to make me want to check out of anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I kept reading this, and he it was great, and he was written well. And if it hadn't been such a great introduction, where he's like, I woke up and covered in blood and piss in a flop house in London's East End, and I was like, okay, all right, whoever this oh right, Mark Blade.
1: Lanigan, tell me more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to catch a nod. <laughs> um but but uh yeah this is an elseworld story blade wakes up in a universe where the avengers haven't existed and the squadron supreme is here and they the world is maybe arguably better than it was and it's got all these different elseworlds elements i think more than anything i want to hear roman talk a little bit about the squadron supreme though
2: they're the supreme
0: squadron of superheroes the the best (laughs) ones (laughs) <laughs> when, um, when are they from what are they, they grunwald <laughs> guggenheim Ger, von Graubadger. Who what's who the, wrote it what's the deal the what's, what's the, the deal game? with the squat? the screw <laughs> um
2: they are originally from an <laughs> from an alternate reality i think back in sometime in the 60s the avengers there was some grandmaster that was, was doing some kind of games with the avengers and the Avengers went to this other world, other reality where the Squadron Supreme existed and not them. And they fought them. And it was actually a little footnote, the first appearance of the invaders in that story um, that like five years later, Roy Thomas gave them their own series. Um, but yeah, they were from an alternate dimension and then they've come back in all sorts of different ways and in different incarnations and then in Marvel's like adults lying for a while with a different version.
1: And, I really liked the Straczynski run in the late 90s or early 2000s. I thought that was a really fun story. And like my
0: kind of feeling was that they were kind of a bad guy crew. Is that?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, well,
2: it, depending on which incarnation. Yeah. I mean, um, the like the Mark Grunwald graphic mini series, maxi series. That That's what I want
0: to talk about.
2: That one was when they were brought back another time and they were, it was kind of like Watchmen before Watchmen
0: right okay so that's the very first omnibus i ever got and it was because of you making me you made me take it um (laughs) and uh and um i still haven't read it but i have it (laughs) and i got a lot of omnibuses i haven't read that's for the day that i'm penniless alone you know like i I won't get rid of these books but i won't be able to afford comics never happens it's looking more and more like that well i mean not that i'll be pinning this alone but i'll be able to have comics it looks like um but but so yeah you said watchmen before watchmen that's a kind of crazy pitch yeah i mean i i
2: don't i think it was only like a year or two before watchmen that it was published maybe three years but yeah it was uh basically they're the justice league on this planet and they've eliminated all crime and then things start kind of um, disintegrating around them because they delivered it all crime, then they just start sniping at each other and having problems. And some of them, if I I haven't read it, in got twenty years probably, some of them turn bad. I think. Um, so yeah, it was a deconstructionist superhero story.
0: So it seems like they have been used kind of in de- deconstructionist stories often.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like like currently Hyperion, there's a Squadron Supreme in the proper Marvel universe that are uh agent colson runs them kind of for the u.s government and they're on the face of the good guys but they're you know a bunch of jerks and that's and just government tools
0: this and sounds Hyperion. basically tied into that because yeah. in this one colson is president or something
2: yeah and in this one they're pretty much that same thing except even more powerful
0: Jingle, what were you saying about Hyperion? Sorry about that.
1: I, I think he's kind of like Sentry, where he's sort of a universe breaking character. Where if you have Hyperion, why didn't he just save the day when this happened, or that happened, or that mm-hmm. happened, or that happened?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's Squadron Supreme. So, yeah, this is basically a Squadron Supreme story, it sounds like, but there's a bunch of cool stuff in terms of like alternate characters, like Dr. Doom gets the Sidorak gym, and so he's dr juggernaut and he's got giant rings on his fingers that say doom and <laughs> thanos has the infinity rings and you know Mangog destroyed asgard and became the unstoppable all gog and there's just a lot of alternate timeline stuff and i really like alternate timeline stuff
1: yeah it's got the silver witch because uh pietro died and and uh wanda took his powers so she's like the fastest witch in the west which i thought was pretty cool yeah i like the art too
0: i don't i don't like ed mcginnis Mm. i like it just just fine it's okay
1: there it's not every page that i think is good but i really loved what he did with thor yeah Um, yeah he's got a very um uh joe casada look from when i really like joe casada
0: I would say the like the real low parts are kind of like the, the juggernaut fighting Hyperion stuff. Yeah. That's the like, okay, this is the like Ed McGinnis. I remember you know, probably going on a similar tirade about him when the first issue of Jason Aaron's Avengers run started. And I was just like, man, I really don't like this Ed McGinnis art. Um, you know what
1: it is? You have to have long hair in a scene for me to really get down with his art. Somebody's got okay. long hair. Okay. He does something that I, I really dig. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know that, like the Thor stuff even kind of looks like the Thor drawings in the current Thor run and like, Mm -hmm. and like the Nick Klein kind of Donny Cates looking stuff. You're right. He does a great thing, which is Blade is almost bald. So, you know, we're going to see how many (laughs) scenes McGinnis can carry with a maybe almost bald character.
1: Can we talk about why Blade is still carrying around stakes in a world where he says there's no vampires? Does he, yeah,
0: well, I mean you it's never probably know. Like
1: right? Linus
2: in his security blanket, he he would feel helpless without them. Linus point.
1: Vampire Hunter.
0: Yeah. Aug. Linus <laughs> Vampire Hunter. I do, I do like that a lot. Oh, I'm trying to get my Boy, volume. I, I like I McGinnis's know.
2: his his double page spreads. I really like I think all of them in this. The scene with Nighthawk and um Bursting into uh, at Hydra's headquarters and Hydra's mm-hmm. ran, ran by the Black Skull, which is the Red Skull and Venom combined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was cool.
0: Yeah, I came down a little bit hard on that, you guys. I don't I don't hate the art. It actually is like more tolerable at McGuinness for me than like his the beginning of Avengers stuff. But it is it's a little bit muscly and action-y for what I generally like. Yeah, I like the whole thing. Apparently, the catalyst for
2: this world diverging from the regular main marvel earth whatever that's called Um, earth i think it's earth just earth um sorry roman the the main catalyst seems to be that just the fact that captain america was never found by the avengers because they didn't exist um so he was never unfrozen and then everything
0: ended up going the way it did on this planet i really liked that being i don't we don't know if it's sort of like a dimension shift or time shift thing um and uh we don't really know what this catalyst is it isn't a time traveler, whatever but i like that whatever is has caused this the mechanic is that you know captain america was never taken out of the water although he does say captain america was never found because there were never avengers formed to find him so i guess it's yeah. still but yeah i do I, I love that role that captain america plays as being the kind of binding agent for everything yeah. and i i
1: like that's that's sort of a watchman thing like one of the things that Watchmen studies is how all the superheroes out there are fallout from Dr. Manhattan Uh, fallout. Get it. Uh, Um, I forgot about how much you love that game, but he's like, because, because Captain America wasn't found all these other people weren't inspired to become superheroes and that's kind of the same thing in Watchmen like Dr. Manhattan happens and then all these other people are like oh well shit I don't have superpowers but I can go beat people up right right yeah it's I I really like Elseworlds and alternate history
0: stories and this one is doing enough like really interesting stuff it's not just like what if the world didn't have Avengers it's like it then kind of explores a lot of those possibilities and yeah. makes it makes it real good yeah um, and, and how the heck did blade end up here that's it's oh, my, the mystery <laughs> that's the kind of thing that a little bit annoys me is that uh you know like house of m for example like wolverine wakes up and he still remembers everything or this one blade still remembers everything it's like who is doing such a bad job of recreating realities that there's always one person left
1: and why is it somebody we can identify a first appearance for why isn't it just some dude and why did
0: no one care about the first appearances in here but everyone cares about random ass first appearances and other things like
1: and and why why is captain america bloody for so long under the ground under the ice that blade can smell him from a half a world away and don't you think he's cold down there i think his nuts have shriveled up into his guts He's got, He's got, nut got nuts guts. in his guts. He's got
0: gut nuts. Um, yeah, I, I'm into it. I like it. I, I like it. Uh, for a book that I, you know, I haven't really been reading the Jason Aaron Avengers run for a while now, and I, I, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to be on board for this thing, even though it's, it's kind of a, a surprising thing for me to be excited to be on board about.
1: So, what do you get? That's a great
0: question. Do we have any? Uh... I
1: try to only have great questions. Really. I'm, i try fuck I you okay I'm not i was perfect. gonna say like yeah Is clearly a, you're not <laughs> <laughs>
0: as of today you're trying that <laughs>
1: i'm just getting better every
0: day Who do you, oh it's the ghostwriter character yeah i i'm gonna go no decimals
1: 8.5 i'm gonna just go with my gut on every one of these you got nut you guts you,
0: you got enough I'm nuts in there to make it.
1: it oh my balls are so small i'm gonna give this a seven and a half yeah no, I'm gonna give it a seven.
0: Yeah, you Fuck are. My gut.
2: Fuck my gut. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight, and I really hope at the end of all this, it turns out that the grandmaster is behind it.
1: Just Who's the grandmaster?
2: Because he was the elder of the universe that was behind their very first appearance in that issue of Avengers back in the sixties.
0: Has he been introduced in the Marvel? Is that who Jeff Goldblum is?
2: No, he was know. the collector. The no, elder was of-
0: Antonio Banderas. No. Oh
2: wait which one was god now i'm confusing them (laughs) so wait the collector
1: sugar was the collector i can't i've totally drawn a blank on his name he's an oscar-winning actor though from no country for old men
0: i thought jeff said yeah it's not antonio banderas but yeah what is that guy's name benicio del toro is who i thought it was yeah that's who it's not
1: that's a different guy also that's also not the right one god what is his name
0: (laughs) it's not anton and it's not sugar from no country he he was in and well now it says benicio del toro played him in the cinematic universe in thor the dark world oh shit jeff you are so fucking good i mean eventually
1: we're all good
0: that's true (laughs) we're all good i mean we're all kind of (laughs) good to some extent um (laughs) that was such a fucking waste of everyone's time i'm so sorry did everyone get scores on there no, I don't no. know. Too good I don't know. About yeah, that. no. Django did a seven point five oh, for the oh, gut. Roman eight. did an eight. eight. Yeah, seven yeah. from my gut. All right, like sorry. You got gut. You had adjusted gut nut.
2: <laughs> we should do an Elders of the Un- Elders of the Universe podcast.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Benicio del Toro. <laughs> what a waste of time. Everyone, go home. Find another podcast. This is so fucking. <laughs> Oh man, it's a good thing I'm not spending time with the people I love right now. Um,
1: hey, we're right here. Sorry,
0: I love you guys too. I love you guys. Comics
1: are life. Comics are, are life. They are just. Let's
0: talk about Walesville by Matt Kent and Ron. Minerals. Benicio del Toro.
1: No, Anton Sugar.
0: Was he? Javier oh, he was Javier yeah. Bardem. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, he and was. Stifle. I don't watch James Bond films because because
1: you got. No, no nut gut.
0: I got no nuts in this gut. I got gut issues, frankly. (laughs) Walesville and Rock to Minerals are both written by Matt Kent. They are drawn by different people. One is Adam Polina for the first, second Tony Millionaire, that diatribe I went on at the beginning about. This is a bad idea book, which means that Django cried when it came in, and it was (laughs) cute. We all sat around and poked his naked body and watched him cry. (laughs) It was pretty silly. Um, I was... More, I think this is a really inter- interesting book to add to the bad idea catalog because so far we've had tankers and ENIAC, which are kind of your generic sci-fi books. They're very good, but in the way that like image, you know, if you toss a stone into an f- infinite field of image books, you're probably going to land on a sci-fi book. Uh, it, and something
1: of, with a lot of testosterone.
0: Yeah. And like boom, probably going to have kind of a YA, all ages, identity mm-hmm. development story um so bad idea so far a couple sci-fi books and those are great and i love sci-fi probably my favorite genre but it was really nice that the third book they're putting out is it just way different than that i think it really it was a smart move to have one of their first things be an incredibly different type of story than the two that they had released prior to this and they're both one shots they're but you know like they're advertising this as a it's a there's no backstory. This is a double story comic. It's 10 bucks. Both stories are gorgeously illustrated. And Matt Kent has just simply got to be the most diverse writer writing comics, right? Like, even from the two stories in this book, and then you factor in Fear Case and you yeah. factor in Grass Kings and just all of the different books that we've loved. Like, I can't, I I could probably be like a book might be Matt Kent because it's well, good right but like also I, I don't know i would not have guessed that either of these were matt kent right he's just very talented and divert like his storytelling is very diverse I, anyway that's the introduction how'd you guys like this didn't
1: read it oh my god i was still mad at bad idea i get it'll wear it. off in a few days and i'll read it and i'll love it and i'll be <laughs> a little more mad at them for making great comics and pissing me off constantly. It's,
0: it's hard to probably want to read their books because you know that when they come in, it makes you cry. And then they send videos to all the stores and say, hey, look at Django's naked body crying over there. He's got <laughs> such a small penis. Everyone look at his tiny little penis.
1: His nuts are in his guts. His nuts
0: are in his guts. <laughs> it's, uh, so I get that, I get that. Okay, well then Roman, what did you think about this book? Two very separate stories. Oh, I didn't read it either. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: No, I just, know, that you, I just know kidding. you did. I did. Oh, I, I read it this afternoon. I, it's funny. I didn't realize it was a bad idea book. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, it was cool. I liked the whale. I, well, I was going to say I liked the Whalesville story better, but I'm not
0: sure that's true. I think I just understood it better. I. That's basically what I wanted to talk about as well. I really liked the Whalesville story. Um, and it was beautiful it was beautiful yeah the yeah. second one I think I liked more but I I wanted to find out from you guys what I what happened and because like it's <laughs> these these gems and minerals that live in the world after the world has ended and they have a queen who's a diamond and they are only allowed to go in the polished zone and not the unpolished zone and I don't Really know what I think that's supposed to mean.
2: I think it I think it's I think it's all pretty clever. I think I'm assuming that the polished zone is polished because it was the blast radius around some kind of maybe nuclear explosion.
0: Oh, that's super smart. Way to go, Roman. But
2: maybe that's not it at all. But that's what I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, I I mean I like these characters i mean one it's just cute and clever there's one that's his name is or its name is is gomer puma
0: because it's
2: it's a a walking pumice rock
0: oh (laughs)
2: nice and and, and i know there's a joke behind the the blue guy at the, the rock with that's blue with the huge nose but i can't figure out i don't remember what his name is and it's not a rock i recognize so i didn't get the joke but they all have just funny names in this great little world they live in that's on earth. Cause there's a, you know, human buildings and stuff still standing, but no humans are left.
0: And it's just so interesting and adorable. And I, I think I love the art in it. Like I, I had to Google Tony millionaire. Like I told it wasted everyone's time with that story earlier because I, I couldn't remember what it was that he had done. I thought it was like cursed pirate girl, but I, it's that we had mm-hmm. a coloring book of all the sea monsters is why I thought that, but it's, He's got a, a really wonderful detailed style. It's kind of like age of reptiles looking like it's just um, I, I really I really like that. And the first story is also cute. They both, I guess, they had real Jeff boxes that they were checking off because they both have like really cute, likable animals. And I really like animals.
1: Yeah, that second one has got a turtle. And I know we all The first one love, has the bird. turtles.
0: I love turtles.
1: I like Tony Millionaire, but the art in this first story is just spectacular. It's spectacular in
0: a totally different way. It's, like, yeah. spectacular in an inarguable, like, in the kind of way that, like, no one can say, like, Alex Ross isn't good at art. You know, like, right. it's just...
1: You cannot love it.
0: Right. But you but gotta say he's good. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's how I feel about that first story. But the second one, I would, I think, prefer to look at, frankly. Like, it's 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 got, like, a fucked up too much acid Saturday morning cartoon look to it and I'm, I'm very into that
1: almost like I, Tony Millionaire's work oh yeah yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> yeah I really like Tony it, This it really made me miss his uh, comic strip Mackey's, um, mm-hmm. which was re- very dark but funny um, I'm disappointed to, to, to hear this is just a one shot because I want to see more of his work and Adam Polina
0: yeah I hope both of them do more work and I particularly Tony Millionaire now that he's doing whatever weird text to t- 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 Twitter. 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 stuff. You say you it like do. you're
1: from Westeros.
0: Twa- uh. There you Maisie go. Maisie Williams, Twisteros <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stupid show. <laughs> Stupid podcast. Stupid That's, people.
2: This first story. Then it was also, Clint, I guess it's, it's just two great worlds. Of
0: course, the first story is just all, a world inside a whale i'll tell you what yeah exactly well, I
1: tell like it's like a town
0: i'll tell you what um, i'm gonna tell both del- y'all what <laughs> right now right now i'm gonna tell you what well i i
1: well, don't get <laughs> <it's just> three
0: <laughs> people bad at impressions doing voices <laughs> um listen i was reading this with javier bardem and benicio del toro and both of them loved it no uh i don't i don't really collect single issues anymore I get the hardcovers. Everyone knows that I love to read issues, but I, I don't really, unless it's like a Frank quietly cover. I don't keep things around. I don't even keep some of those, but at Django's kind of prodding, I've, I've taken one of these bad idea issues home to keep with each of them coming out. Cause it's a very interesting exploration at a time in comics and it's explore- they're scarce, but they're also exploring how you can distribute comics in an interesting way. And, and they they're say all they're not
1: doing trades,
0: yeah, exactly. So you can't get a collection yeah. of it, and they're all so unique. I'm very, very glad to have this comic. I'm and I think it's beautiful. And I think that this is one of the bad ideas so we will have some of it at the store. So I think people should check this out. I don't think anyone will regret having a copy of this. It's a ten dollar book, it's like 60 something pages, it's at least three comics worth of material, and it's. Just really interesting. I don't know. It just I'm gonna look back at this and be appreciative that I have these.
1: Well, and and we don't have it on the website currently. Oh, right. In order to have enough for our local customers. So if anybody wants it, email us and we can get it to you. But um we didn't we didn't want the speculator excitement to tap out our stock. So that's the big thing. We've got one.
0: Yeah, Django. Figured out a kind of slick way that we're trying to make these bad idea books be a thing that we're just being able to get to local people because they are so sought after at this point, and it's so few stores that are in this program able to sell them, and people have been kicked out of the program at this point. Um, there's people ordering them from a bunch of stores all over the country, so we're trying to make it just a local thing. But if you want one, call us, get us an email. We we have them, and we want to get them to local people. So give us a wrangle
1: jingle wrangle. Give
0: us a wrangle jingle song, I've got me sword needle here. Sorry, sorry. I kind of want to rewatch Game of Thrones now. What? What? Oh, crikey, mate. I give Walesville a nine. Five. No decimals.
1: 9.5. I didn't read it, Romy.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was waiting for you. you um, uh, been waiting a
1: long time.
2: I'll give a 9.75. Ooh.
0: Holy shit. I thought you know, we said it's... no decimals.
1: Was yeah, there the... a gooey duck in the, in the book?
2: Boy, you know that... The last think... page of the Walesville story—that oh. just that big page uh, of the whale, which I thought was Tony Millionaire drawing that. I didn't realize it wasn't
0: because he does sea creatures and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, that's a that's a gooey right there. That page. It really you say is. He
0: secretes shirts. Exactly. He just secretes shirts. It's crazy. I've never seen somebody just drip shirts so much as Tony Millionaire. Yeah, I when the you know I was I was. On the, f- I don't know. I was enjoying the art of it, but not really gra- drawn into this. Django? What? 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 <laughs> Dop it. Dop it. Dop it. I
1: was secreting shirts.
0: I, uh, I, um, I, but as soon as the, uh, I was on the fence about the issue until the harpoon shot through the whale's insides. And then I was like, oh, this is cool.
1: It's like the- a cutaway,
0: but it's a castaway. Yeah. It's like, Blood covered volleyball, you know. I've never seen that movie. Should I watch that movie? I think if you haven't seen Independence Day, you should see that first. I've seen that. Okay, fine. Then, yeah, I would see Castaway. (laughs) Okay,
3: good, good. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Oh man. stupid show (laughs) stupid stupid friends stupid comics (laughs) um hey i did a big thing for jeff this week and i read star wars war the bounty hunters number one alpha alpha rather it's a zero issue if anything because i don't really read star wars stuff i'm kind of on the on the board as being somebody who loves star wars movies but doesn't really care to engage in expanded universe stuff at all Mm -hmm. and
1: this was fucking great did you guys read this I yep. didn't. It's on my pile. Oh. Django, you didn't read this, dude. I I hardly read anything this week. I've been working on code and I've been doing other stuff.
0: No, no, no. I, I didn't forgot read it. it
1: was fucking Saturday. I'm even. sorry.
0: My tone just did have a shame <laughs> tone in it. I I did. I know that that happened. I just I, I got one I, right here. I know that you read Star Wars books more than i think anyone that we work with so i I just kind of assume and now i feel a little bit guilty that we're doing a non non non-jangoing i just stand here and make fun of you and talk about it i'll read it okay
1: java deep space i got his package. (laughs) he's alive frozen in carbon the thing that makes it easy to read this
0: issue (laughs) is that steve mcniven did the art and i think i'd read any steve mcniven drawn book ever he goes
1: down easy
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's good Oh, that was a good joke. just like Maisie Williams. What's up, buddy? You're saying something about Maisie Williams? It's
3: just like Maisie Williams.
0: <laughs> I knew it was about Maisie Williams. Oh, man. Oh, Man. Oh, man, I don't know how you're gonna edit
1: around all these Maisie Williams jokes. I'm not. Jokes. <laughs> I don't, I'm not. What I will tell everyone I just,
0: is, I had a, a dream that I was in a romantic relationship with Maisie Williams last night. Out of nowhere, I haven't seen uh, um, Game of Thrones in a very long time, and just, I
2: just don't edit any of it out. Leave this all in. I want to see how long it takes before we get a cease and desist <laughs> letter from her agent. Uh, yeah. Twitter's
1: the one that sends out those cease and desist from
0: Twitter. Twitter. Okay. This book's really good. fuck This book's really good. This is the best. I mean, God,
2: McDivin, I always liked him, but this is, I think, maybe his best work I've ever seen.
0: Best since, yeah, like, you know, Old Man Logan. He's got kind of like an unimpeachable tier of books, but Old Man Logan's got to be the top of it for me. Did he do, I can't remember if he did a Mark Miller book, but anyway, this is, yeah, this is as good as he's ever looked. This is Nemesis. Yeah, thank
1: you. That was it. Nice poll. I'm a fucking uh, Mark Miller encyclopedia. Roman knows the 70s, I know Mark Miller. It's true. Okay, I got a question for you guys. Okay. Well,
0: first of all, I guess spoilers for Mandalorian season 1 and 2. I guess we're probably going to get into some conversation about Mandalorian and also um, return
1: of the fucking Jedi.
0: And return of the Jedi. <laughs> but I my this is really cool. I'm excited to read it. If McNiven was going to be doing the art in the main series for all of it, I would absolutely be reading it. As it stands, I'm going to need to see who does it because it does take sort of external factors to make me excited about reading a Star Wars book, like I said. But this has got a lot of good things going for it. But My one thing is like, we're getting a lot of spoken, like speak, spoken Boba Fett, speaking Boba Fett in this issue. Is is everyone cool with that? That's fine.
2: Yeah, that's fine. It's fine you. with you? No, it's funny. I think... I mean, I'm trying to remember from the movies. Um, I think I hear his voice as Django Fett's because I don't remember his voice from the cartoon. Or
0: I only hear his voice as the Mandalorian character now, from the Mandalorian. Uh,
1: he speaks in.
0: He only have like one line of dialogue, really. And it's like it, I, well, I don't know, but I only remember like one, and it's very <laughs> weird. Like it's a. I think it's like it's just like one statement, like in. A movie at some point when all like the bounty hunters i feel like gather on the imperial Pack him up. i'm not i'm not a star wars person i shouldn't pretend to be but um it, it just we're doing a lot it's, it's a lot of doing a character it's like wolverine's backstory or something you know like we've gone we've explored mandalorians as a, as a group and boba fett with the mandalorian especially season two so i feel like we're in a place where we're kind of allowing him to be talking a lot more but it, it's a it's a bold thing i think he Roman, where are you with that? Four lines in the okay. Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Th- that's the what whole I feel movie. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like he said almost nothing. So yeah, and what it was probably something like oof. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it, I don't know. He's a character I think that works better with a lot of prestige and mystery, and they're they're giving up the ghost here.
2: Yeah, that- but I th- but I think I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they kind of figured. Well, now's the time because of the Mandalorian I,
0: series. I mean, I totally agree. Yeah, we can't really keep keep him as mysterious as before. Um, I, I totally agree. I think that The Mandalorian Show is a lot of why this book exists.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I just want to say for the listeners, so so this series is it's set right after um, like all the Star Wars books and Marvel right now. It's set right after Empire and it's about Boba Fett making his way back with the Frozen and Carbonite hand Solo to deliver him to Jabba. But the other bounty hunters, everybody out there knows Jabba has this bounty on, on Han, so... The bounty bounty hunters are going to be coming after boba fett to to steal his bounty
0: it's yeah and it is it's a cool setup for a story but it is a little um you know it it is shining a light on the character boba fett in a way that i've never seen it before like he's kind of like action adventure he's he's written a lot like the mandalorian character frankly in this Mm -hmm. and again i feel like the Boba Fett character of the movies that was so awesome was a guy who said almost nothing and was just a sort of brutal force. And in this, he's sort of arguing with people and taking the right way out and working and doing all I don't know. It makes sense, but it's a Uh, little bit exposed.
2: Yeah. And I'm I'm okay with all that. I mean, he's the main character, so he's you know, he's gotta do he's gotta have some conversations. I just hope that they um like in this series, I hope they never have him take off his helmet. I want right. his first, our first glimpse of his actual face to remain in the Mandalorian. Um, spoilers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and like I don't really. Com- yeah,
2: sorry. Oh, uh, his like his conversation here with this beautifully, grotesquely drawn, um, oh, criminal doctor guy at the forearms mm-hmm. and that weird ass. I mean, great nod to star wars this guy's face the close-up he seems to have bird characteristics and his mustaches feathers it's like wow he's a weird combination humanoid and other yeah kind of reminds me of Wado from phantom menace the guy yeah. in the junkyard yeah it's nice <clears throat> visual um continuity between with the movies and stuff but i really liked his conversation with that guy just yeah you know the business aspect of all this and the fact that the carbonite is is um dissolving which means it's
0: going to dissolve han (laughs) and i love carbonite like for whatever reason as a even as a young kid that is so iconic and cool looking to me and i can't remember exactly what happens in mandalorian season two but there's a scene with carbonite being stored in ways that Mm. was fucking awesome but i have a question for our listeners because i'm not a star wars person and if either of you two know awesome please tell me but please write in if anyone is listening that is a star wars head but Job of the Hut is a hut, and he's that big worm thing. And then there he's got that little buddy who's in this issue. I forget his name, but he's like the spoilers for Mandalorian season two. Please don't listen. But um, he's the guy who's kind of taken over the Hut Palace at the end of the after credits scene of Mandalorian season two. And he's gotten much fatter there to the point where he looks like he's almost transitioning to becoming a hut. And he's in this issue, and he's got like the big, weird, naked, like tail thing that wraps around his neck. Is that what Huts look like? Is he a Hut race? Is that what they look like before they get fat, or like what does their, do their bodies get huge and envelop their like physical body, or is that just a different alien race? I've always wondered how connected those are. I like that idea. I think they are different alien races. I mean, I forget what this guy's name is.
1: His name is Bib Fortuna. Yeah, Ah, he's a male Twi'lek who is like, there's exotic dancer Twi'leks. Right, the The clubbers right yeah um they've i think the i think the females have maybe two yeah maybe 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 they just have one also but yeah it's it's a different it's a different thing there's a scene at the end of
0: mandalorian season two and he's gotten very fat to the point where it looks like he's becoming a hut
1: did they just get the same actor and he's gained weight
0: no it looked like like uh artistic fat not like a human being fat like uh, yeah yeah well
2: it's been you know years since and maybe maybe they've been in a pandemic and quarantine for a year too for sure we're all gaining Uh, weight yeah could just be a
1: a kind of a signifier of wealth you know a a long time ago how pale you are had money could be obese and people who weren't royalty just didn't have enough money to eat anything but grubs out of the ground and turnips ground grubs i nut guts if
0: i just think that it's a really great zero issue i looked at the back and like looked at the mini like the crossover and all the things included and i was like this is ambitious this is a ton of comics that are a part of this war of the bounty hunters thing and it's going on for like five months so mm-hmm. i hope that it is successful for them it feels ambitious um but this was a great way to start it off it really was uh, a very good issue it really
2: yeah i agree the um just the way McNiven draws, and, and is he the, also the colorist? Um, oh, no, I
0: don't think so. Scott Martin, I think.
2: Okay, there's different colors, but just the, the way uh, I almost said Mando, <laughs> the way Boba Fett's armor is drawn, especially the close up of his helmet, it's so beat up and and just crappy looking and everything. You know, I, I noticed on one of the panels that his little antenna thing he always has up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if just McDip, the way McDevitt draws it, but it looks like the projector part of an overhead projector. <laughs> and I
0: thought that was pretty cute. I just have to correct myself. I said Scott Martin. That's a subscriber to our store. Laura Martin is the colorist. <laughs> um, I'm going to say no Desi's. I'm going to give this one a net point I'm going to give this one a gooey. Oh!
2: The, the... Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the, art is so, the art is so beautiful and it's got so many cool Star Wars nods that fit right in. And it's got, if you folks don't, uh, if you're like me and you have arachnophobia, there is the most terrifying Star Wars villain ever in this But issue. It, gets,
0: it gets satisfyingly squirched.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness because when she first showed up, I was like, oh my God, this is horrible.
0: In a no destiny world, I couldn't quite give it a 9.5. But you're right. I mean, like, I think there's an argument for, you know, it's, worried, it's high I'm, up there.
2: I'm worried about Han, even though I know he's going to be fine. But I'm still like, oh, my gosh, this is yeah. suspenseful.
0: <laughs> um, well, Django, sorry. I didn't mean to exclude you so much from this podcast at this point. But please take us to the good Asian number one from Image Comics, uh, which is awesome, because this is written by Pornsock Pichet Shote, who wrote, I believe, uh, Infidel. Infidel. And we loved Infidel. Django, you're muted, bud, but you're cute.
1: Right on. I didn't want to hear you. I didn't want you to have to hear me hammer away at my keyboard when I was trying to figure out Bid which Simon days. Platt cover.
0: Oh, splatter.
1: Um, Steve McDivin was homaging there. Mm. Um, porn Shack Pinchotte, And I can't find the, the artist, but I really like the art in this.
0: Yeah, I did as well.
1: Alexandre Tefingi, Tefingi, yeah.
0: And Roman, you had also said you were a big fan of this issue, so I'm I'm eager to hear. Yeah, yeah I like this thought too.
1: I got halfway through it, and I enjoyed everything that I read. And uh, it's I don't know, it's probably 150 percent or 200 percent the size of a regular comic, um, but it tells a story. Um, I think it, it's it's a, in uh, San Francisco in 1936. And it's following this guy who's been brought over by a rich white dude to solve a crime. Um, hoping that it will revive his father who's taken ill. Um, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't get far enough to really get to the meat of the story or the mystery, but I liked, I liked the setup. I liked the character quite a bit. Um, I thought it was interesting the art is super simplistic and the main character has a very distinctive scar over his left eye and i thought that was a good way to help us kind of keep track of who the main guy is because it's all like dapper men wearing trench coats and hats <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah, and he and the rich white guy brings um, Edison Hart over because this mystery, this case, it involves uh, it involves Chinatown, San Francisco's Chinatown, and and mm-hmm. I I'm, and now I lost track. I think a Chinese person was murdered, or they suspect a Chinese person. Something she's, like that.
1: She's missing. She was his um, the old white guy's assistant or like mm. like housekeeper, and he had a special relationship with her, but they kind of specifically say that it wasn't necessarily a sexual thing, but just a, a really good friend of the family. Um, I don't know if I believe that.
2: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if I believe that either. And it, you know, it'd be 1936. Um, also our Edison Hark, he can, uh, he can gain people's trust and investigate in ways that because no you know nobody um especially nobody in the asian american community in chinatown there trust the cops really because this is still at the tail end of of uh the big well except for now the big um asian prejudice in america Mm -hmm. um we have one cop of i think o'malley an irish cop that's always uh derogatory and and harassing Asian people um, and they have some great have some pretty good dialogue between him and uh, Edison Hark our hero um, just because because he's such a respected detective, private detective I think, um, mm-hmm. but he's got enough respect that the, the bigoted cop actually gives him a, he treats him differently than he treats the the regular agent people he runs into on the street
1: yeah yeah there's there's good relationships here and just uh i don't know i'm i'm a sucker for crime and this is this is right up my alley i really enjoy the way that they show edison's crime solving mm. right i like totally he, agree He's, he, he, they show uh, like a red box around his eye and then a red box on this guy's wrist and that kind of indicates that he knows that this guy's been scratching his arms because yeah. he's a, a dope fiend. Um, it, it, unfortunately, it gave me the sound effect of when the, the main character in Psych notices something in the Psych TV show because um, it's a similar thing where they like zoom in and and tick, 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 show show him thinking real hard about something um, but i like the way that it's executed in this comic
0: mm-hmm. I, my first thought was like these two would be good at telling a batman story
3: but
2: yeah 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 that's funny i've never seen the show psych but it reminded me of oh i don't know the, the uh i think it was the second sherlock holmes movie with um with what's his name iron man Oh yeah. Um, yeah and they do that same thing with him and i don't remember if they do that same (laughs) effect but
1: no but they slow everything down and he's like i'm gonna punch him in the nuts and then i'm gonna punch him in the knee and then i'm gonna kick him in the face
2: yeah exactly what i was thinking of the yeah bare knuckle boxing yeah
1: well uh jeff did you read it i did yeah i
0: i did like it um i liked that it sort of shined a light on a thing that i think is really good to shine a light on right now which is america's history with you know asian prejudice uh and you know it's it's a detective noir story so those kind of have a ceiling for me that is around an eight or something like i I just don't generally love them um but i did i did like the art in here and i did like the character work i thought particularly just like the conversation between him and the kid at the beginning like in that uh I guess the sort of holding place that they were at before being admitted um, was pretty great. And I liked how kind of even throughout the whole issue, how sort of almost self-loathing he was about having to be the person that he was, you know, mm-hmm. like lying to people of his own culture and kind of um, yeah, that, Yeah, I I think that was all well done. I really like the character work there, and I like that it was highlighting a thing that's pretty important to highlight right now because this is a America's got a long history with this, and we like to pretend that we don't. Yeah, yeah,
2: I really like the. um, I mean, I like crime crime comics, and I but I and I love history, and this combining the two and um, dealing with the. I mean, it's set like I think it's 100 years after the the Chinese Exclusion Act. But the scene when um, Edison Hark is on in Angel Island on Angel Island, which was uh, immigration oh holding facility, um, whose purpose was actually was actually to send Chinese people back to China, um, and you could be there for two weeks or two years. But when he's in there and he's talking to that kid. And telling him and he tells him the truth he, and he, i love that dialogue where he this monologue where he's thinking to himself well i was actually did something i usually go to and told his kid the truth right and it's this whole thing about you know america's not the land of opportunity and equality your folks sent you here because they thought that that's a myth but then right after that he gets freed because his rich buddy has sent for him and then so then he looks like an asshole to this kid mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he lies to the kid and tells him no no it's gonna be fine really and Then he i hope that awful. kid comes
1: back around uh, yeah i,
0: I hope yeah, so I hope too so when too. The, there's the kid later on in the issue and i even thought maybe it was him but i, I do hope the kid comes back around i do yeah. think that on page two the chain link fence is drawn and you can see the pixelation and that is a thing that always just bothers me when i see it like or pixel like Look at the chain link fence on page two, Django. Mm-hmm. Like, why? That shouldn't exist. Draw a flat line. Like, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be it is. so aware about digital
1: art. They they imported clip art probably of a chain link fence, yeah. and then they forgot to embed it in the file, and they sent it without that linked file, so it just has a low res.
0: Yeah, it's
1: version that's super. I've pointed irritating. it out
0: on the podcast before, and you yeah you'd explain it, and I just I it still bothers me. <clears throat> yeah. Dang.
2: I didn't even notice that.
0: It's inconsequential. It's (laughs) just my anal retentive uh, stuff. I will give this one a 7.5. I'm
1: going to give what I read so far a 7.5, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't an 8 or an 8.5 by the time I finish it.
2: Mm. Yeah, I'm going to give it an
0: 8. Django,
1: take me to
0: a temporal land. Uh, I'm gonna mix up the order just a little bit. Let's hear about uh old Marjorie Finnegan.
1: Oh gosh, Marjorie, Marjorie, Marjorie,
0: Marjorie, 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 cream cheese.
1: This is by Garth Ennis and Goran Saduska. And oh, that's the guy who did uh, Walk Through Hell with him. Yeah, yeah, and I think he may have done, he may have done a little bit of uh, Punisher with him too, Ooh. although that might have been a different. A, a, another guy with a very Polish-sounding name.
0: The Suzuki Nader. I didn't read this one. How was it? Oh,
1: it's great. Is it great? It's hilarious. It's nonsense. It's it's just about as Garth Ennis as Garth Ennis gets. Like you got you got people doing uh, time travel, and they have a special mechanic that like the the hot chick protagonist has strapped to her sexy leg um, that makes sure that if you kill someone who is consequential in the time stream, it grabs them and swaps them out for somebody else and then gives them a death that makes sense for the time period. So she punches a dude in the throat and he gets moved to a marketplace where he's choking to death on a fig (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and and so like you you can do anything you want in the past, and you're theoretically not going to mess up the future. The bad guy or one of the bad guys in here is this German, like a, like a Nazi soldier who's got time travel capabilities, and he's gone back to help these little these villagers um, a- attack the Vikings when the Vikings come to, to take them out. And there's stuff like this panel where they shoot. A modern missile right through a dude to hit the boat, and the guy's the, the guy's whole body is just missing; it's just his arms, legs, and the head hanging out there. Um, later on, somebody fills a guy full of bullets, and it's just the guy with infinite bullet holes. Like he's he's just it 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 cracked me up. He's just like a like a screen door. He's so full of bullet holes. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, Garth Garth does this thing where you're just sort of drawn into these characters who are flawed and shitty and mean and are rarely bad people, but they're they're definitely not good people. If that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, the guy knows what he's doing with a story. And parts of this Goran Suzuka art look a lot a whole lot like Dylan.
0: Yeah, I could see the Steve dylan influence in there. Like
1: the like the very last page just looks like a drawing of Tulip.
0: Yeah. um I see on one of these pages. Well, that's probably not worth bringing up. But they're he, they're doing a bunch of fan service posters on the back of the wall, and there's like uh, a Goonies poster and Ziggy Stardust and Frank Zappa. There's a Tank Girl one, but also it looks like maybe the Saint of Killers. I'm just yep. curious. You think yep. that's him? Okay, that's hundred percent that, that, that him. I- iconic cover of. Saint of the killers. The
1: the very next page has a zoom in on most of those posters. Yeah, um, yeah, and I was I was trying to identify all the posters from the uh, from the far away shot, and I got all of them. The Goonies was the last one that I got because um, it's it's just such an impressionistic Goonies poster, and uh, oddly enough, that very same poster is exactly to my right when I'm reading comics right now. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought this was awesome, um, bizarre and funny. And I'll bet that it's even better if you could get Garth Ennis to narrate it for you and say the words like he hears them in his head.
2: That'd be cool. Did you read it, Roman? I did read it, but 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 now I'm I'm sad because it didn't work for me.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's
1: that's fair. Some comics um, don't work.
2: I I. I think because, I think because part of I didn't expect it to be an absurd comedy, so I was kind of confused for like the first five pages.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like even on the first page, when what turns out to be our main character, like makes a, a, a uh, what do you call that? Um, she makes a grimace toward the camera, and I was like, is she looking at the reader? Is she looking at the loot there? What? Why is she making that face? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then in the next couple of pages, there was a couple of different things. I was like, okay, I don't know that reference. Is that a joke? I don't understand. I, don't understand. Um, I thought the,
1: the, the joke in the beginning that really got me was that she met Gotha once. Goth, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, funny thing is, his name was actually Goss, but he has a lisp. And I thought that was a really good joke.
2: <laughs> yeah that was good I, I had to look up his elective affinities because i've never heard of those before so i had to which actually i kind of like that thing i have to look up things like that
1: leave it to roman and garth ennis to make roman have to read uh a 600 year old text <laughs> <laughs>
2: or well the wikipedia part of
0: yeah. the wikipedia on the text <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious what your guys' scores are and django is this your favorite book of the week
1: um it was up there i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a nine and uh, I think anybody who has a passing interest in Garth Ennis and uh, doesn't mind an absurdist comedy, Roman, would probably <laughs> dig this book.
0: I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I love Garth Ennis. I don't like his comedy stuff nearly as much. I like like Hellblazer when it is funny, but I don't, I can't, mm-hmm. I'm almost inclined to be like, what are his comedy books that I've read and enjoyed? Y- you'd probably know.
1: He hasn't done a ton of comedy books, other than like everything. But like, Hitman was Hitman a or at its Secret core.
0: Sick or not Secret Sick, whatever that book was about those guys. Jimmy's and Bastards. Jimmy's
2: Bastards, oh, but the one you, that came out. You the... mean the Six Pack?
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that... part of Hitman. That was that yeah, was just right. Right, Hitman I know it's it's from that, story. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Six Pack and the Hard Traveling
1: Heroes. Did um, he do?
2: Did he do the Pro? That one shot.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. yeah
1: and he did the uh the what was it called the train of love or something yeah. like that like a romantic oh. comedy and Dynamite. so, so none Ron of was- that
0: stuff has ever scratched the itch for me like his much more like he's also ha- able to write just really brutal fucking shit so yeah that i really love. roman what was your score for it
2: yeah i ne- i never even finished the train of love um yeah i love his brutal stuff his war stuff mm-hmm. love all that i guess i'm not a big fan of the comedy except for hitman um, I don't know I give it I mean I'll read the second one because it's Garth Ennis Because but... I'm
0: Roman and I read every comic
2: Yeah I mean I'll give it a I'll give it a six Nice.
1: That's a low fucking Statler score It's a it low is.
0: stat Isn't it yeah. always insulting when you like a book And Roman doesn't like it No <laughs> Oh really no. I mean not insulting but you're always like Oh, there's, oh there's, there's you're like, you are like everything You must have not Wow I guess I'm fucking wrong
2: no, there's parts of this I like. I mean, I like the, the time travel device. I like that um, thing Django was talking about to make up for the, if you accidentally kill somebody. Just some of the visual humor just doesn't work for me. I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of my, I couldn't go with the absurdity of it. When the Viking, like, walks out of the surf, but he's missing a whole leg. I was like, how is he standing up? He, that doesn't work. <laughs> I, you have to just let go of that and I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I imagined him hopping out of the surf on one leg. The badass viking.
2: See this will, this would work better for me as as a cartoon.
1: Yeah, um, and it would work better for me if it had better art too. Yeah. Like I feel like the Suzuka good. art in Walk
0: Walk Through Hell was like a very different tonal thing, so that was a it's horrible. It's just
1: so like serviceable.
0: Yeah. I don't want to spend much time on Dead Dog's Bite Number Three, but I just want to mention it was my favorite book of the week. And so
1: fucking good.
0: Every page of this is gorgeous to look at. This artist, I, I had like a, a Django a comparison in my mind that came on and it was like, it's like Jorge Fornes with the lights turned on. But mm-hmm. it just a, a Django says the lights turned on thing. I don't know what exactly what it means, but it feels true on this. <laughs> but there's also a real strong like just that alt comics, you know, I'd been talking about the Daniel Klaus Charles Burns uh, visual influence, but also the tonal weird psychedelic darkness of it. But also um, this one has like an Adrian Tomina optic nerve. Like it is just amazing graphic design. And yeah. I, I, every page I kept being like, Oh, this page is just beautiful to look like just holding it three feet away from your face and just sort of staring at it. It was just absolutely gorgeous.
1: And I've never seen nine panel grids split up the way that the nine panel grids are split up in this book. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's just, I've seen a lot of fucking nine panel grids and I get down with them. But yeah. this one did something different, which I'm impressed.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely, Roman, are you still reading this? Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. I Yeah, it's just, it's dark and surreal and supernatural. And um, Django pointed out the awesome... The reason I wanted to watch Raiders is the Lost Ark or whatever is because last Crusades because Django had sent me this message and I watched a clip from it about the librarian being a reference to it. But the woman at the library before she gets to him is obviously Janine from Ghostbusters. Like actual photo fo- oh. photo referenced pictures oh, taken from Ghostbusters and her even name tag says Jan. Um, oh
1: that's awesome.
0: Which is awesome. Yeah, Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> um, and uh it's just cool that it's wearing these influences of like 80s media on its sleeve. So I just, it's great. I think it's going to be, I, I do think it will work better reading it in individual issues like this than a paperback. Mm-hmm. Cause like every yeah. issue has this great framing device and mm-hmm. I don't know how that'll feel like reading it all at once, but which is a conversation. I just become more and more interested in, especially because of our local book clubs, but just what works well as a paperback and what works well as issues.
1: I think you get two great. totally separate things out of this. If you read them, all in a row versus one at a time.
0: I I think you're I'm curious
1: to read them all at once because I don't even remember what the core mystery is here. I'll get the
0: omnibus of it and read it right after Squadron
1: Supreme. I love that she, like at the end, she has a seizure or something and makes a snow angel. I thought maybe she'd been poisoned
0: or something at this scary house, but I was like, are they going to kill her? Like, what if she dies? And the way that it draws her head falling, like keeping her head vertical on those top three panels but then the background shifts behind it is masterful like this Comics guy Tyler Boss a, he's so good <laughs> yeah and he's writing and drawing and the snow looks like Terry like it doesn't look like Terry Moore snow but it makes me feel like Terry Moore Snow it owes
1: Terry snow Terry Moore snow a buck. It does yeah yeah
0: yeah so this was my book of the week uh for sure no destiny
2: 9.5 oh I thought you were gonna it
1: I'm going to gooey it.
0: I, I probably would if I were doing Desi's, but I'm not. i going to give it a
1: gut gooey. Ew. Yeah. Roman, what about you? I, I apologize. I'm going to give it a 10.0. Thank you. And never, <laughs> never again to say gut gooey. Never again shall the gut gooey pass my lips. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> some people. Roman. Oh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not him. Nope, sorry. I'm just trying to move the
0: conversation <laughs> along, so this is a thing that won't waste all of my tomorrow to edit.
1: Move it away from Maisie. <laughs> I, I get it. I'll
2: give it. I'll give it a ten, sure.
0: Okay. All right.
2: If, hey, if listen. Had, even though I missed the uh, reference to the librarian in the Indiana Jones movie, damn.
0: Yeah, he said as an Indiana Jones reference, and I was like, "Is that like a Django sees a reference, or is that actually a reference?" And he sent me a video clip, and it's like, "Oh, yeah, it's, it's obviously It's a
2: reference. I just you know, didn't realize." <laughs>
0: Okay, so we have a couple emails, and I wanted to intersperse them between the books, but that's a habit I haven't intergrained yet.
1: I mean, we still could if you want to edit it like that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. So that was Star Wars, and now we're going to talk about,
1: (laughs) but before we get into that, I want to answer this first question. (laughs) Let's pretend that we did it, and Um, then this can be like the Pulp Fiction episode of the podcast. All yeah, the off.
0: Inherent Vice papcast episode. Yeah. That's what Modesto does to you. Um, this one is from Dino. And he says, hello. This is a response to Django's uh, in the podcast episode last week. We got two of those. Um, this is an introductory voice that Django, or Dino has asked me to use. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing on base from the Suicide Squad Black Guard, a.k.a. This isn't going to go well. A.k.a. <laughs> Richard Hertz, on drums from the far reaches of the Galaxy Nova, a.k.a. Richard Ryder, and finally on lead guitar and vocals, Bloodhaven's own Nightwing, a.k.a. Richard Grayson. I give you the best band in all the land, the Melodics. We have nice Richard, Richard, and Richard. Dick, Dick, Dick. Dick, Dick, Dick. The Melodic Dicks. And I, <laughs> I love it. Good night, everyone, Dino Chivino. um <laughs> dicks. That's a good one. That's a good answer. I like a trio of dicks. I don't know where that came from um R- andrew carl's rick melody i just wish i had done done these between all the pop books it's more fun that way i'm sorry everyone we, you,
1: we did you just you cut them all out and put, put them, at, them the at the
0: end, end. right because it made yeah. more sense
1: yeah dude Whoa. i can't wait till we read walesville um that's gonna be an talk exciting about a little bit next week do, do we have an email to read now
0: yes that's great at before walesville we'll talk about Andrew Carlson. Hey, John Gilles and the Rome Tones. If I were to pick a power trio to make a band from comic book characters, I'd have the following. Rocket Raccoon on keyboard, mixing, roadie, and light shows. That's very good. Wal Russ on guitar, bass, and backup singing. That's good because it's like a Russ Wooten. No, that's Victor Wooten. Russ Wooten. Who's that? Artist. Okay, I was gonna say he's a comic person.
1: Artist. Colorist?
0: Yeah, somebody. Um, on guitar, bass, backup singing. I like that. I like that. I don't know who Wal Russ is, though. Is it a Guardians Uh, character?
2: I don't quite, I don't know, remember who that is either.
0: (laughs) And then Cosmo, lead singer, front dog, public relations. (laughs) I like that. Cosmo is so good. They perform electro-space punk under the stage name Animal Anarchists. They like to perform mostly at nowhere, of course. Of course, (laughs) if we take a trip backwards, I could just reiterate Plastic Man as a solo act. Plas and the Plastets. Roman can think of something good. Anyway, y'all are the best. Take care out there. That's a good one, too. That's a good one. That's good. I also want you to hear this wonderful message from that beautiful boy. Oh, I'm going to do better. Just a second. I'm going to do better.
1: Man, I, I just love Garth Ennis. He's the best.
3: Hello, Pepcast. Um,
1: today,
2: we're doing something a little little different. Ooh, Not too much that, different. But ooh, salty. Um, when I was a kid, one thing my brother and my dad and I used to like to do was um, come up with our own superhero names um, and we could pick three powers that we could have and we would have to have one weakness and the weakness was something typically that we really liked. Um, So my challenge to you guys this week is uh, what are your, what is your superhero power and what is your weakness and what is your name? So like for example, Django could be dust devil and his powers that not like sandman where he turns into sand but he only turns into a dust cloud so he just makes people sneeze a lot and like his weakness would be whiskey because whiskey is the only thing that causes him to actually congeal and (laughs) force him to come back to human form something like that um yeah i don't have
0: fun uh good luck Whiskey dampens the dust that's a really good question that i want to think about um gosh okay okay did he, okay did he
1: tell us to think about it or did he just tell us to do it he
0: told us to do it
1: let do, do it. it okay i think so just do it are we choosing them for each other or ourselves
0: okay let's choose them for each other that's a good call okay. roman <laughs> oh you motherfucker um, yours i
2: already already
0: had mine oh okay cool never mind you do yours
2: oh i want to hear what you're going to do
0: no i want to hear yours you complained like a whiny little boy (laughs)
2: nope
0: nope oh now you're stubborn like a whiny little boy (laughs) okay roman's power is that he can hold poop and pee in his body out of frustration and stubbornness for days on end
1: i sure can (laughs) his weakness is lactatives all right. Coffee in a good old gas station
0: bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Django's superpower is the ability to eat any gas station food and Ooh. not get sick. However, like his weakness are antacids. Oh. Which are the only thing that allows him to have a, a balanced stomach. I just, I had fun doing both of you guys. Sorry. I, I don't think either of those are good answers.
1: I, I, I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty good uh jeff's power is um that he is just like at any moment he can turn into a bust of the joker (laughs) but his weakness is when he gets his hair cut, he can't do it
0: my i even when i'm cutting it i'm leaving the top long so i can still kind of do it you know yeah shit i thought we were
1: gonna race long hair but it's a very
0: sort of uh, androgynous maisie williams look i'm doing here (laughs)
1: <laughs> Roman's power is uh, similar to Jeff's, uh, just in that he can change your perception of the color of all of his hair. <laughs> so, like, it's blue when you're, when you're no, just just like normal people colors. But like, When, okay, you, good when per- you think about him, you know how there's some people who establish like, parameters. I like that. Do they do they wear glasses? Do they not? I don't know. Like, I can imagine them wearing glasses or not just people I I couldn't say for sure there's a handful of people in my life like I don't know oh okay I don't know and Roman when I imagine Roman I imagine 31 year old Roman with like a brown beard and maybe a little bit of salt in there but really 36 year old Roman who I'm looking at right now has has a pretty good amount of white going on so Roman can change that at will and look look like he's got darker or lighter hair his weakness is a razor blade
0: Oh. Well, I mean everyone's weakness is a razor blade. They're very sharp.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're very cutty. Um this might just be because I'm so hungry, but both of yours are are food related. Oh. Jeff Jeff's is he can eat any amount of of garlic, spicy garlic. Um and I don't know what the weakness would be cuz garlic is like nothing the miracle but good. food yeah, and yeah but good. and it's good and it, it it defeats everything so what is the weakness against i
1: think his weakness is that he's like a bird and is unable to fart
0: i can't sweat it out so i get a lot of gas birds can't fart birds
1: no, can't that's fart. why they... you can't give birds alka seltzer they'll exactly. explode that's what a oh.
2: cloacal will do to you yeah <laughs> like i said at the beginning of the podcast i learned so much from you guys i
1: did i they call it the is, cloacal is, bummer yeah this is
0: astounding I didn't Sometimes if you want to save a bird and they eat, they've eaten out cuz you have to perform a cloacal shunt. And it's where it pries the cloaca open and allows gas to to fall, fall out. Wow, it's funny you said that cuz uh, that's the name of my band. Cloacal, <laughs> cloacal <Fund. laughs> shunt. Okay, so then what's Roman or what's Django's power? And then I'm excited to talk to you about the garlic food that you got the other day.
1: I'm excited to hear what the name of his band's first album is. So, go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, Dirty Burps. Django's Power is by <laughs> much the same
2: much the same as yours he just he could eat more watermelon that should be humanly possible and, okay. and, his, and his uh his weakness is that one the fabled mythic one giant seed
0: oh. in, in the golden
2: watermelon but someday <laughs> someday he's
0: gonna defeat it i also get cramps from watermelon sometimes so i'm not i don't have that really? safe yeah, yeah, there's a lot of water
1: in there i get cramps from watermelon too but it's usually because well, it I doesn't eat stop him. a whole watermelon
0: Oh, no one has eaten as much watermelon as Jenny. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Roman, you got that garlic food the other day that I also had that same day. I ate this. I ordered some garlic food the other day. And I thought, Roman needs to eat this garlic food right now. Mm. And it was like 830 at night. And I texted him. I was like, have you had this garlic food? And he was like, no. Am I hungry enough to go get and order this food right now, right before they close? And I think that you did. And we didn't really ever touch too much on it. Except I got lazy and
2: because it was so close to their closing time, I actually, we're talking about Juanita Thai restaurant. Um, yep. I actually didn't make it all the way over to Juanita Thai. I went to Juanita Thai Express, which is closer Ooh. to my place and got a similar dish, which oh. is the, it's not the golden chicken, but it is a chicken stir fry and the seared garlic and everything. It's like and six blocks closer. Yeah, but it was already it, like was, half, it was it was like it, it was within five. their last half yeah, it was within their last half hour being open. It was, it so was very uh, close to it. I did I didn't want to be that guy going in like 10, you know, 10 to oh could I get order this now? Um, well then
0: I bet you got the same thing, but if I well, also except, would say you should get the golden garlic and then oh, oh right, and right. Well I did. I did. Okay.
2: That first night I got the one from Thai Express and it's these little balls of chicken in the seared garlic, delicious. So okay. freaking good. The next night I went to the actual restaurant and got the golden chicken, which is prepared much the same way. Uh Um, But it wasn't quite as good. Really? The the Thai Express, even though it's the same restaurant, same people, own it all.
0: All right. I like the Thai Express one better. I'll order that tomorrow. But both of them, very garlicky and very good.
2: Both of them definitely, you know, it's like a 9.5 and a 10. It's the yeah. comparison, I mean. Really I mean, good. Really good. And
0: Gar- Gar- Roman's the only other guy in the world that I know that loves garlic as much as I do. So when I have something that's of note, I I I get a hold of him immediately. It's well Oh yeah, weird. I was I,
2: I was <laughs> sucking the garlic juice out of the bottom yeah. of the container. I mean, like a box
0: water. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I can't tell you guys from last week's question what my uh, the band I came up with. Please oh. do. And it was I mean, I like the Cloacal, Cloacal shunt. shunt. I mean, that when I was that's beautiful. But... And their
1: debut album, The Gas Dropping.
2: And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. But Forced no. Forced Entry. <laughs> that was a real band. Forced Exit. Oh, yeah. Forced Exit. <laughs> that was on the reunion tour. Oh, um, Though <laughs> no, the superhero band, the band name Ultimate Nullifier. Oh, nice. Got, got the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider on drums. Smart. Yeah. Got, yep. got Cre- Creeper on bass. Yeah. And morrison territory got crazy shy lolita canary the little the little shrink girl with the blue wings from super young Team. she's the lead singer and, and lead oh, guitar
1: yeah
0: nice is she small she can
2: she be. can be she
1: can she changes size during the performance does her guitar also change size
0: no the guitar doesn't change size she gets tiny and goes into the electronics and modifies the sound and it's All fucking right. it's cool
1: tom york bullshit going yeah. on. yeah <laughs> he <laughs>
0: is very size adjustable <laughs> all right listen we're gonna get out of here because we've got to get out of here mm-hmm. um and my girlfriend ate a, a weed candy like an hour and a half ago so she's probably gonna fall asleep in five minutes so i should. was she go.
1: laughing as hard as i was at some point during this podcast
0: i walked out of the room at one point to grab a drink and i saw her sitting on the bed and i was like hey we're not quite done yet and then i was like are you stoned <laughs> <It just laughs> <dealt> immediately <laughs> um pretty funny um, but everyone should watch Ted Lasso, everyone should watch the Invincible cartoon show. Still plug in that, um,
1: for all mankind, and for
0: all mankind also, is high on my list.
1: Don't feel bad if you don't get around to watching Jupiter's Legacy anytime soon. Did you I watch three it? Three episodes last night, and uh, oh, it's, darn it, it's I okay. didn't want to hear that. I didn't want like, to hear that. I, I hope that I hope Frank quietly gets a lot of money for it,
0: he deserves a lot of money. He, at least it's not yeah. written by him he just drew the comic god i hope that guy gets money his convenience it. is still good or at least i'm sure it will be when season five finally hits netflix oh. all right everybody you can get us an email at jeff at the comicsplace.com. i do want to embed those into the podcast as we're doing it so please keep sending them and the more that we have the more it will be easy to remember to do that it's a better flow of things jeff at the comicsplace.com. i love hearing from people it makes me feel less alone it makes me feel less me
1: I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but pretty much every single week, Rob Scafidio thanks us for putting out a podcast. I enjoys.
0: didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't. I don't see those emails, but I fucking love Rob Scafidio. Yeah. I can't wait to play fantasy football with him again soon. Can't wait. Um, I am always as J- M- M Jeff, and I'm going to go. I think start a Game of Thrones rewatch.
1: Oh, nice, nice. Why? From season one.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll start like season five after Mason <laughs> Williams is of age. <laughs> Oh, See I'm you next week. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> hi. I'm Django. You know, I was What's hey, what's on your mind, big guy? Champ? I was just Big was Dog in the play yard. I was wondering yeah, what's on your mind? Usually when you get like casting like fan castings, it's like here's who I would cast for this movie. But I want to abstract that a little bit and I yeah. wonder yeah, out please. of the people who are regulars on this podcast uh-huh. take that to mean whatever you want. Exactly. Who would you cast us in? Who, who would you cast us as in comic book movies? Doesn't have to be the same movie. Doesn't have to be the same universe. Um, I could be John Constantine. Jeff could be Detective Chimp, and Roman could be. Um, okay, Professor.
0: That's great. Ux. That's great. I love that, that. That's cooking on your mind. Um, yeah. I yeah, that's a great question. What comic book? If there was in the infinite sphere of comic book movies who would any of the comic book people be cast as?
1: Um and I think I'd pull, even... no, pull off a pretty good Arya Stark. I think you could. I think you could. Um I'd like to be Ultraman. I'd also <laughs> like to be Arya Stark.
0: Yeah, you would. You'd make a good Arya Stark in my mind. See you next week.